on this Friday, January 28th, as we are one day away from the Royal Rumble, or I guess for when a lot of you guys are going to be listening to this, the day of the Royal Rumble, as we'll get our first taste of Royal Rumble on a Saturday, and I'm still not sure how I feel about that. I believe I mentioned that last time we were on. My early selection, or I guess my prediction rather, Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is going to find his way into the Royal Rumble and win it for the second time in his career. Uh, so getting back on track here, although we didn't even really start on track with rivalries, but our rivalry today will be one of the more underrated and arguably a top 10 rivalry of all time. And that's Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar, a rivalry that really highlighted the ruthless aggression era and i think it was a rivalry and a program that kind of put smackdown on the map as a legitimate counterpart to monday night raw and you have to go back to 2002 as to when this truly started obviously 2002 was the birth of the ruthless aggression era and subsequently the brand split they both kind of went hand in hand And early on, you had The Rock as the WWE Undisputed Champion over on SmackDown. And then you had the rising up-and-comer, Brock Lesnar. And Lesnar, who was more so on Raw at the beginning, ends up defeating The Rock to become the youngest ever WWE Champion. A reign that still holds true to this day. And I know a lot of you will be saying, no, that's Randy Orton. But Randy Orton is the youngest world champion ever. Brock Lesnar is the youngest WWE champion of all time. And he quickly took that baton and ran with it as the face of at least SmackDown. You could argue that he was made the face of the company right away in the fall of 2002 or the late summer of 2002. Because... The Rock moved on to Hollywood right after his his loss to Brock at SummerSlam 02. Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out in the early summer of 2002. So what you had to understand here is that WWE had nobody. Yeah, they had The Undertaker. Sure, Triple H was over on Monday Night Raw and would be the face of that brand for on and off for about two and a half years straight. But in terms of a top-tier babyface, they really didn't have anybody. The Undertaker wasn't really that guy. Kurt Angle, who we'll get to, was always a better heel than a babyface. And Eddie Guerrero had not yet broken through. Ditto for Chris Benoit. Shawn Michaels, we didn't even know if he was going to return to action on a full-time basis by this point in 2002. So they gave the reins to Brock Lesnar. And they sent him over to SmackDown on a full-time basis. They kind of put him over 
by him defeating the Undertaker in the Hell in the Cell and No Mercy 2 And then he eventually collides with the Big Show, who had just been drafted over to SmackDown from Monday Night Raw, or traded, I don't know what exactly the term was. But Big Show goes over to Monday, to, to SmackDown and defeats Brock for the WWE Championship at Survivor Series 2002 with Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> and unlike today, when Brock is kind of going on a babyface run with Paul Heyman by his side, back in this time, you could not have Paul Heyman beside a top-tier babyface. It just wasn't going to work. It was like oil and water. And we still kind of see that reign true to this day. Like, is Roman Reigns slowly transitioning to a babyface? I think that may be the case. But then we see Brock over on Monday Night Raw. Is he a babyface? Well, I'm not so sure anymore. Damn sure seems that Bobby Lashley is getting the um, the crowd support behind him. But not to get lost off uh, track there, as we so often do talking about wrestling. But in an effort to get Brock Lesnar over as a top-tier babyface to take the spot that was vacated by the departures of Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. They take Paul Heyman away from Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar gets suspended, and this ultimately leads to a match between Kurt Angle and The Big Show at Armageddon 2002. And Kurt Angle tells Brock Lesnar that if you help me take the belt off off of The Big Show... I will give you the first crack at the championship. Lo and behold, Brock Lesnar shows up at Armageddon 2002 and helps Kurt Angle win the WWE Championship from the big show. And I think this was a very good booking move. As Before we get into Brock versus Kurt Angle head-on, I think putting the championship on Kurt Angle was a much better decision than riding with the big show. And... I think in a lot of ways, The Big Show was misused. We saw in, I believe it was 2012, him have a very, very good and underrated run with the World Heavyweight Championship during his program with Sheamus. But for whatever reason, it didn't really catch with The Big Show ever as the WWE Champion. And especially during a time when you were lacking star power and no no pun intended but looking for that next big thing which ultimately was Brock Lesnar you kind of needed a more established main event fo- foe for Brock Lesnar to feud with other than the big show like the big show had not been a main eventer in WWE since I want to say the year 2000 about by this point like 2001 2002 the big show really slid down the card And, you know, he wasn't even on WrestleMania 18. So putting the championship on Kurt Angle, a guy who really kind of broke through during the invasion angle, in my opinion, was a very smart call for uh, for several different reasons. For one, he was a legitimate badass like Brock Lesnar with a actual amateur background to play off of. Second of all, you had a already ready-made main event heel in Kurt Angle. You know, we had seen him get over as a main event heel during his rookie year in 2000 when he defeated The Rock at No Mercy 2000 for the WWF Championship, holding that belt all the way to No Way Out in February of 2001. 
And then you had him feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin on and off during the invasion angle, ultimately turning on Stone Cold Steve Austin and then executing the double turn at at Vengeance 2001 the year prior. And then Kurt Angle as well had kind of laid dormant during the initial part of the brand split. He was involved in the triple threat match at Vengeance 2002 with The Rock and The Undertaker for the Undisputed Championship. Then he had the uh, the tag team run with Chris Benoit, a feud that would also be a very underrated one right around this time. But it was time for Kurt to get back into the WWE Championship picture. The problem is with this was that you had a babyface Brock Lesnar and now a babyface Kurt Angle holding the championship. So the night after Armageddon 2002, Brock, Kurt Angle says, I will give you your championship match next week on SmackDown because he needed time to recover from his match with the big show, nursing an injury, if I recall correctly. And... You have Brock Lesnar agree, they shake hands, and it seems like an honest gentleman's agreement between the two babyface competitors, one of which being the world champion and Kurt Angle. But this was until Kurt Angle would drop a bombshell that nobody really saw coming. See, ever since I entered the WWE, I've been a man of the three eyes, and integrity's one of them. Now see, if it were up to me, and I mean this when I say this, I'd face Chris Benoit and Brock Lesnar all on the same night. But it's not up to me. You see, as a WWE superstar and Olympic gold medalist, I've got a lot on my plate. And there's an old expression. Anyone who represents himself has a fool for a client. And Kurt Angle's nobody's fool. Which is why a week before Armageddon, I hired myself a management team to look out for my best interests and also be in charge of all Kurt Angle contract negotiations. What I'd like to do right now is introduce the head of my management team, Paul Heyman. What? Oh my God. I can't believe you. I'm going to be sick. No way. This slime ball. So if you want to get a guy over as a heel instantaneously, you just add Paul Heyman to the mix. Maybe not so much now because he's just such a legacy star and beloved by the WWE faithful. But back then, coming off of his run with the Alliance as the general manager of ECW, managing Brock Lesnar as a mega heel right off the bat to defeat The Rock and Hulk Hogan, and I believe Ric Flair as well. This was a perfect, perfect guy to put beside Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle, it was a phenomenal heel all on his own. But you really cannot get to the same heel status 
as one may think until you bring Paul Heyman into the equation. And right off the bat, Paul Heyman got to work with putting Kurt Angle over as the main heel in WWE. So Paul Heyman comes out and instantly puts a stop to Brock Lesnar's hopes to regain a chance at the WWE Undisputed Championship. Now, this was a way to really start pushing Brock Lesnar as the top-level babyface in WWE. And like I had pointed out over numerous shows where I covered rivalries during this era in WWE... They were on a constant hunt for a top-level main event babyface as soon as The Rock walked out in SummerSlam 2002. Obviously, he would return, but as a heel. Stone Cold Steve Austin would return, but only for a month or so. And they, I'm sure, knew on some level that they would never get The Rock and Austin back on a full-time basis, especially as babyfaces. And this was their... I guess, fast-tracking option to create a new guy to take their spot. Now, obviously, Brock Lesnar would go on to win the Royal Rumble, 
and then seal his championship match against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. At No Way Out 2003, you had what was supposed to be a six-man tag team match of Kurt Angle and Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, against Edge, Brock Lesnar, and Chris Benoit. Edge actually got injured and would miss the following, I believe, 14 months or so. So it eventually becomes a handicap match, one that Brock and Chris Benoit win. Now, along the way, on the route to WrestleMania, you have, you know, a cage match between Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. You have a match where Brock was supposed to fight Angle for the championship, and then they did the switcheroo where Angle's brother was in the match, or took Angle's spot, then Brock messes him up hits him with an f5 then when he's not looking the real kurt angle comes in and rolls him up for the pin and all that but this eventually leads to their match at wrestlemania 19 and wrestlemania 19 was one of the more underrated pay-per-views or wrestlemanias more specifically in the history of wrestling and i'm sure i've said this before but i might as well say it again given the topic that we're covering today this was a match that went on after the rock and stone cold steve austin that went on after the world heavyweight championship match between booker t and triple h that went on after hulk hogan and vince mcmahon a very big time match that felt way more important because of the way it was booked and There were so many intricacies from week to week that they really did to put over Brock Lesnar as that main event level babyface that I really did respect. But here's the thing. Brock Lesnar was never a babyface. I know they're trying it again now, kind of. I'm not even sure at this point where they're going with it. But Brock Lesnar will and has always been a heel. A monster, real-life, badass heel. A guy who doesn't give a you-know-what about what anyone else thinks about him. So he eventually wins this match after the infamous shooting star press and, you know, concusses himself. We weren't even sure how badly he was going to be hurt. And hits uh, Angle with the F5 after the botched shooting star press and wins the championship. And Kurt Angle going into this match was in real life very beat up. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it, it took him a lot just to be able to wrestle in this contest. So following this, he walks away for a couple of months. And while he's away is where they start setting up the succession plan to the initial installment of their rivalry. But only this time, Kurt Angle would be the babyface and Brock Lesnar would be the heel. And the first step to this was Brock Lesnar turning heel. Mr. McMahon, tell Kurt Angle you gotta count. Mr. McMahon, he wants the victory. Look at Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle signaling for some help for Brock Lesnar out here. Kurt Angle concerned about the welfare of his friend. Kurt, I'm sorry, Brock is... Just dip 
minute. So this match or this instance took place between Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon inside a steel cage on SmackDown. And 10 days prior, Kurt Angle had a returning Kurt Angle had defeated uh, Brock Lesnar and Big Show in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship at Vengeance 2003. And they were kind of booking this like they were friends and Brock was still a babyface and they were, you know, a gentleman's agreement. They were on the same page, like mutual respect, kind of like what we saw seven months prior when Kurt Angle won the championship in pro- uh, from uh, Big Show. But this time the heel turn would be on the part of Brock Lesnar siding with Vince McMahon. And in another fashion where you could instantly turn someone heel in the ruthless aggression era or i guess even nowadays i guess if we're being honest we had him align with vince mcmahon and it was kind of weird to see them go in the complete opposite direction not even six months uh, later from what they had done leading into wrestlemania in march of 2003 but I think by the summer of 03, they knew that Brock wasn't a babyface. It just wasn't him. And Kurt Angle, although he was a much better heel, I would say, he could work as a babyface. You know, when he won the WWF Championship from Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Unforgiven, rather, in 2001, the crowd went ballistic. They were super behind him. During that entire invasion angle, I think that Kurt Angle really got over as a babyface. And he was a damn good worker. And his character at its core, theoretically, was as big a babyface as you can get. 
But as we know, when he debuted in WWF and the crowd wanted nothing of it, and they told him to turn heel on the spot, arguably one of the best booking decisions of all time, we found out very quickly that Kurt Angle was a brilliant heel. But I felt that in short doses, because he was much more authentic as a heel, but in short doses, it could work as a babyface. And when we would get Kurt Angle babyface runs, it would be amazing. Like, I remember when he went over to SmackDown in January of 2006, when Batista got injured and had to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship. Kurt Angle was on a heel run on Monday Night Raw, feuding with the likes of Shawn Michaels and John Cena and all that in late 2005. He shows up on SmackDown and wins the Battle Royal for the World Heavyweight Championship and instantly turns babyface and everyone is behind him right off the bat. That's when the wrestling machine gimmick started. That took him right into his departure from WWF or from WWE at the time in June of 2006 for his brief run with ECW. When he came back, obviously nowhere near his prime, but when he came back in April of 2017 as the Raw General Manager, people were incredibly behind Kurt Angle. And this was an instance leading into SummerSlam of 2003 where we got a really, really good babyface run from Kurt Angle. And during their clash at SummerSlam 2003, we would get arguably Kurt Angle's biggest championship victory of all time. So Kurt Angle defeats Brock Lesnar in the one-on-one rematch from WrestleMania at Survivor at SummerSlam in 2003. And I say it was arguably his biggest championship victory, and obviously he was just retaining his championship in this instance, but I mean in a championship match. Because one-on-one, I don't know if there was a better rival for Kurt Angle than Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has been around for so long at this point that you could argue that it's Roman Reigns, maybe it's The Undertaker, probably between those two. 
But you could also make the case that Kurt Angle made Brock Lesnar. Or didn't make him. That's not the correct term. But I think that he helped solidify Brock Lesnar as a main eventer. Because they were just so similar in terms of their backgrounds. The amateur wrestling background. And they legitimized SmackDown in 2003. Like, SmackDown was Brock and Kurt Angle. Like, when I thought of SmackDown, when I first, first really started watching wrestling on a full-time basis, like, I watched it here and there in the Ruthless, in the Attitude Era, but I, like, I didn't watch it week to week. By the time the Ruthless Aggression era came around, I was watching it week to week to week and following everything. And the two faces of the that the SmackDown brand were Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, especially when The Rock stepped away almost completely by this time in 2003. And Kurt Angle and Brock arguably were each other's be- best rivals in their respective careers. With Kurt Angle, I don't even think it's a it's a it's a question at this point. I think hands down, him and Kurt and Brock were, I mean. Brock was his biggest rival, but Brock has been around so long that you can make the case it was either Taker or Roman Reigns, but Kurt Angle is for sure top three. And eventually Kurt Angle would drop the championship back to Brock Lesnar on an episode of SmackDown in September, and their rivalry would culminate at Survivor Series 2003 when you had Team Lesnar go up against Team Kurt Angle. And Team Kurt Angle would ultimately win. And that would kind of close the book on this rivalry between the two of them. And Team Lesnar consisted of, obviously, Brock Lesnar, The Big Show, A-Train, Nathan Jones, and Matt Morgan. And Kurt Angle's team had himself, the APA, Chris Benoit, and Hardcore Holly. But Farouk ended up getting injured ahead of Survivor Series. So there was a vacancy on Team Angle. And the man who would take this vacancy is a man that we came to know as John Cena. But what was funny is that John Cena's initial babyface turn back from when he was a heel in 2003 as the Doctor of Thogonomics would come as a result of him joining Team Angle. championship you have to earn that like the big show 
it's not the WWE title. You have to earn that like Brock Lesnar. But John, you did earn something, and that is the privilege that I'm about to bestow upon you, and it's the very first step in, in a glorious career for you, John, because with Brock's blessing, I hereby proclaim you, John Cena, the fifth and final member of Team Lesnar at Survivor Series. So the rumors, wow. the rumors are true. John Cena will be joining Lesnar's team at Survivor Series. Well, General Manager said it. Chill, 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 chill. You're telling me that I'm member five of Team Lesnar for Survivor Series. I didn't stutter, did I? Oh, no. No, you didn't, but, uh, I got a problem with that. You see, nobody tells John Cena what to do. And besides, bro, look at your team, man. I ain't gonna fit in on Tegan Sasquatch. I mean, bro, hey, I know how to <laughs> well, look, I know that didn't have much to do with Kurt Angle versus um, Brock Lesnar, but I did find it a pretty cool tidbit that this rivalry between Angle and Lesnar involved the babyface turn of John Cena, and we all know what that resulted into. And uh, John Cena was one of the lone survivors, along with uh, Chris Benoit, to help uh, Team Angle get the victory over Team Lesnar at Survivor Series 2003. But all in all, I think this was a very good rivalry, one that helped legitimize uh, Brock Lesnar as a main eventer in the WWE, one that gave Kurt Angle arguably his best run in the history of the company, uh, or in his history of the company, that is. And I think that it legitimized the SmackDown brand as a legitimate counterpart to Monday Night Raw. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed Lesnar versus Angle. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Adamarco25. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Wrestling underscore audio. Or you can email him at RealWWEPodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, guys, stay safe out there. Have a great time watching the Rumble. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time <laughs>